0: Well, hey, good morning, Calvary. Uh, I'd like to thank you again for jumping online and worshiping with us this morning. Let me share a few housekeeping things with you before we move in to the sermon. Uh, Like you've probably already figured out, right? This morning we're not going to be worshiping God through song. We're really excited and looking forward to doing that next week. Let me just share for a second or two about why we are not doing it this week, man. For weeks and weeks, Dave Katz, our tech director, has been just doing an amazing job, uh, literally transforming the way we do pretty much all of our tech and Sunday morning services at Calvary, and he's been putting in a, in a ton of hours to transform this thing so we can stream these services for you online, and even this past week, he's spent a lot of time behind the scenes working on some changes and uh, back-end stuff for tech, and so as he's been doing such a great job serving us so faithfully, and appreciate how Brandon and Dan Darling, our executive pastor, have jumped into. But man, it's this we thought about how Dave has served our church so well. We thought about how could we serve him. And so for this Sunday, we just wanted to simplify some things and take one thing off of his plate so that he could have some time to work on all he's working on and continues to work on to roll this out. So we're looking forward to worship as part of our online service next Sunday. But just because you didn't start the service of worship doesn't mean that you can't worship today. We've provided a way for you to sing uh, on your own time, the songs that we sing here at Calvary. And when you logged on and jumped on our website, uh, the page that you got to, the services page, right? The box that you clicked to link over to the YouTube site, there's a header there. And under that header, there's a link to our Spotify playlist. And so... Man, as soon as this sermon's over, if you want to worship individually or you want to fulfill your dream for your family of being a worship pastor, you can jump on that playlist uh, and, man, sing some of the songs that we sing here at Calvary, and you can sing them there in your own space this Sunday. So wanted to let you know that. want to let you know about a few kind of upcoming announcements and some communications to be looking for. I think for the past five or six years, every quarter— We've sent to the uh, members and regular attendees of Calvary Church a quarterly financial update letter. And so you can be looking for that coming out in the next week or so. Uh, We want to maintain as much normal of a pattern as we can. And so as that's been part of our normal pattern for years, we wanna continue that pattern. And in that letter, man, it's just gonna be a great chance for us to celebrate together God's absolute kindness and uh, goodness to us financially this first quarter. We're so grateful for the way he's provided and we're so grateful for your stewardship. And we wanna be great stewards as a leadership team of the money that you steward. And so early on in this whole COVID deal, a little bit ahead of it all, we actually cut some spending and suspended some spending. And so those are some of the things we'll inform you about as we celebrate God's faithfulness and uh, just kind of tell you the steps we're taking to steward money well. So that communication is coming out. And then another communication will be coming out to you, probably a video announcement from me in the next 10 to 14 days. Um, As you know, we've closed everything through April 30th. The elders are going to be reconnecting at the end of the month to evaluate the next timeline. And so we'll be providing some information to you about the closure timelines and just some calendar issues. Uh, If you're listening in Connecticut, as you know, Governor Lamont has pretty much shut schools down until May 20th. So obviously it's unlikely uh and pretty much won't be reopening until then Uh, but we'll give you some more information about our timelines and the last thing i want to share with you is we miss you we miss you Uh, as we all say all the time a church is not a building and in this time i can tell you that's true man we have a great building in which to worship but this building feels pretty empty uh the hallways are don't have life and joy in our community and just on behalf of all the pastors and elders and team leaders here at calvary we just want you to know that we miss you guys And we look forward greatly to the day that we can worship together. So just wanted to share a few housekeeping things with you just to keep you in the loop during the season. We're trying really hard to communicate well. And we're grateful for the opportunity to communicate to you out of God's word. And so that's what we're going to jump into here in a minute. And so let me open in a word of prayer and we'll get into what God has for all of us this morning through his word. Uh, Father, I do thank you for the chance uh, to come once again and to open up your word I thank you that you reveal truth to us. I thank you that this moment we're in doesn't surprise you and you know exactly what every single one of us are facing and you know what we have yet to face and you know what life looks like a month from now and a year from now and so we're grateful that we can trust you in everything that we're going through. I pray that as we once again worship together online that your Holy Spirit will work through the text to accomplish the purposes that you have for us. Uh, We want Jesus to be honored and glorified and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, this morning, we're kicking off a new series here at Calvary. Originally, we were going to do Ephesians. We were going to launch into an Ephesians series. But just kind of thinking about and praying about, man, everything that's been going on in our world and our culture and where we find ourselves. We're going to bump Ephesians a little bit later until summertime. And so what we're going to start with today is a brand new series in the book of Joshua joshua it's a book we studied i think about five years ago uh probably a lot of folks weren't even here for that but man joshua is just a great book ephesians is a great book but joshua just for where we find ourselves i think has some encouragement and some truths about god it has some choices that you and i and people who know those truths will have to make to respond to god and so for the next weeks we're going to be studying this book of, of joshua As we think about Joshua and we think about what the book might have for us, man, let's just kind of think about where we find ourselves in our life. Have you ever faced a curveball in your life? Have you ever had something happen that's kind of out of the blue? As you think about your story, as you think about your life, do you want to leave a legacy? Do you ever wonder whether your past impacts and hinders your future? This morning or whenever you're listening to this sermon, do you look out on the horizon of your life and you just feel like there's some impossible things out there for you to try to overcome? Are you clinging this morning to a promise of God and wondering whether he's going to come through to you? Have you ever taken a step of faith and been nervous about that because you don't know where you were going to land after you took that step? Are you able to look back over your life to God's faithfulness to you in this this track record of him providing and being good to you? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, then man, Joshua is going to be a great study for you because throughout this book, we're going to press into all of those different issues and all of those different questions and see some truth and see some encouragement and see some hope. And in our weeks together, what I want to do is, man, I want this to be more than just like a how to be a better person sermon, right? We're going to talk about that and talk about things we need to do, but this isn't a self-help sermon sermon, what I want it to be is really a sermon where we hear truths about God and we press into those and we focus our minds and our hearts on who God is. So that's kind of some of the things we're going to talk about in our weeks together in this book. Our text today is going to be Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through about 11. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. And so today simply we're going to see four things. We're going to see four truths about God. Four truths about about God so let's jump into it and let's kind of read the first few verses together and we're going to kind of set the scene and pull some things out and see what's going on in the story and we find ourselves here's how the book of Joshua begins chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 it says this after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses assistant Moses my servant is dead Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to you to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses." In order to understand this book, there's that one little word we read in there, the word land, land. And that one little word has such a rich backstory and context. And so let's think about the land, because if we don't get the significance of the land, we're never really going to get the significance of the book of Joshua. Here's the deal. 500 years before God said these things to, to Joshua, God had made a promise to a guy named Abraham. And God came to a guy named Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm making this promise to you. I'm going to give your descendants, the people who eventually become the Jews, I'm going to give to the Jews this piece of land, this country, this region. And part of what God wanted to do in the region, that's how he was going to bless the Jewish people. And in addition to that, part of what God was going to do in the land and the region is that's how he was going to draw other nations and other countries into a relationship with him the land was critical it was a blessing for the jews it was part of what god was going to do to draw other people into him and god promised abraham 500 years before this was said to joshua abraham i'm going to give you some land god repeated that promise to abraham's children god repeated that promise to moses right he repeated this promise again And again, the land was part of God's plan. The land was part of what God promised. And he rolled out that plan and he rolled out that promise 500 years before he said these words to Joshua. And in the course of those 500 years, there were lots of ups and downs and curveballs and twists and turns. But nothing that happened in the course of those 500 years ever changed God's plan and nothing that happened in those 500 years ever voided God's promise. What was going on here and now 500 years after God had first made that promise, 500 years after God had first revealed his plan, what's going on to the people, to Joshua, to the Jews in this story? Well, man, in this moment when these words are said in Joshua 1, there's kind of two different circumstances that the Jewish people were facing. The first circumstance we've read about, two different times in the first verses. Their leader, Moses, had died, right? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, said, Moses, my servant is dead. In case we missed it the first time, it's twice the narrator tells us Moses has died. And man, Moses, for many of these people, he was the only leader that they'd ever had. He led them through this wandering. He led them through these moments in their history where there was doubt and there was fear. And, and after, man, him pouring into their lives and them following his leadership for years, now he's dead. And there's still some promises. There's still some plans. There's still some things that need to get done. But the guy that was such an integral part of doing that isn't there anymore. And they find themselves without a leader that they're used to, with a new leader taking the place, wondering what this is going to be like. Not only do they find themselves without the leader who's been involved in their lives for years, but they find themselves with this circumstance, this challenge, right in front of them. The circumstance, the challenge that they found in front of them was this Jordan River because what God had promised them was on the other side of that river. And this isn't like a lovely little bubbling brook in Twin Brooks Park or some lovely park in Monroe or Shelton. I mean, this Jordan River, we'll talk about in a few weeks. Man, it was, this, it was this pretty significant obstacle that had to be crossed, that had to be dealt with. They found themselves in this place where their leader's gone with circumstances that are challenging. Right? It's this moment that's hard, a significant moment with significant challenges. And yet, what does God say to them? Verse 1 and 2, we've already read it, but he says this, Go into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. I love the tense of that, right? God saying, go into the land that I'm going to give to you. And then the next thing he very says is, look, I've already given this to you. The tense shows the certainty of what God's going to do. And what God's saying is, look, yes, yeah, some circumstances have changed. And there's some challenges in front of you. But after 500 years, my plan hasn't changed. And my promises haven't failed. Let me give you a little spoiler alert. Here's how the story ends. This is in the last chapters of Joshua. We, we see what happens. And it says this, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers and they took possession of it and they settled there and the Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to their fathers not one of all of their enemies had withstood him for the Lord had given all their enemies unto their hands not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed all came to pass. Were there tough circumstances? Yeah. Were there obstacles? Absolutely. Did the people face some anxiety and some fear and some dread? Yeah. Did the people have to wait 500 years to see the final fulfillment of God's promise and see how his plans rolled out? They did. But did God's plan ever change? It didn't. Did a single promise of God ever fail? No. And, and here's the first truth about God this morning. God's plans and promises never change and never fail. God's plans and God's promises never change and never fail. Um, There's this book that my wife and I, when our kids were younger, uh, read. And it's a great book. Uh, It's called I Love You Forever. This is what the cover looks like. Maybe some of you have it um i will admit there's this little moment or two that's like you kind of wonder if the mom's a stalker but overall apart from that man it's this, this great book and it tells the story of this young mom who has this child and it tracks the different progressions of the child's growth and every night what the mom does is she goes to that child at different ages and different moments of his life and she says these words to him starting when he's a baby i'll love you forever i'll like you for always as long as i'm living my baby will be and at each different moment in the child's life and each different stage he goes through from adolescent to teenager to older man she regularly and nightly repeats that to him again and again and he reminds him of the truth of that and i can remember a long time ago when my kids were younger Either my wife or I would read those words to them. And as we read what that mom was trying to remind her child of in this fictional book, for me, it was just this great reminder to remind my kids, <clears throat> man, I'll love you forever. And as I sat there holding my child, it just was like, man, I want them to know this. I want them not to forget this. No matter what they face, no matter what they go through, I want them to remember that I'll love them forever. Forever. And I think sometimes all of us just need to be reminded of things. And sometimes what we need to be reminded of are God's promises. And sometimes what we just need to be reminded of, and hear one more time, is that God's plans and promises never change and they never fail. And maybe this morning, You're listening to this thing through your iPad or your TV screen, and maybe the only reason God has you listening to this this morning is because you're fearful and you're worried and you can't control what's going on, and maybe what God wants you to remember is he's still in control. And his plans for you and his promises for you haven't changed, and they won't fail. Is there... More to what we see God telling Joshua there is, because then after God says those words to Joshua, what God does is he, he kind of adds another promise onto this for Joshua. He gives an additional thing to encourage Joshua and to encourage you and I this morning. And here's what he says to him, this new promise, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And the cool thing is, right, if some of you know me, I'm kind of a nerd about like, well, what promises are for the Jews? What promises are for us? The great thing about that promise and those words is it isn't just for Joshua. It wasn't just for the Jewish people. Because in Hebrews 13, 5, man, what, what the writer of Hebrew does is he restates that promise, right? And he reasserts God's promise for you and for I today that God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That brings us to the second truth about God. And the second truth about God this morning is this that God is always with us. God is always with us. Probably way too many times, right? I've told uh, about different things I've done in the past, and some of the things that really I'm grateful for to have done in the past is I worked for a few years uh, in EMS, and then for several years, I also worked in law enforcement as a probation and parole officer. And man, in both of those opportunities and jobs, there were some situations that got pretty crazy, right? And I can remember when I would go to a really critical call as an EMT, or I remember when it was 4.30 in the morning and we were about to kick in the door to go arrest a bad guy who had this long history of resisting arrest. Man, there was always something so encouraging about knowing that I wasn't going into that moment alone. There was always something so encouraging, knowing that there was somebody there with me who knew what to do, who could handle themselves, who had the experience, right? who had the ability to help me and to be with me in that moment. It was so encouraging to know in those moments of anxiety and fear that there was somebody there who was with me in it, who had my back. It made me worry a little less. It made me know whatever was going to come, I had somebody there who can help me. And this morning, if you're feeling worried about something or maybe you're feeling lonely, or maybe this morning you're feeling like whatever it is you're going through, whatever path you're walking, that there's nobody else who can relate to what you're going through, there's nobody else who understands who you're feeling, then what I challenge you to do is to keep telling yourself, keep reminding yourself, keep rehearsing to yourself these words, God will never leave me and God will never forsake me. Tonight, when you go to bed, and if you're anything like our family, man, our bedtime schedule, like, I, man, I'm like, I mean, if it's like two o'clock in the morning, you'd think it's like New Year's Eve at our house. It's crazy, right? The tonight, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling like there's nobody who can understand what you're going through in this moment, tonight before you go to bed, remind yourself of the truth that God is always with me. Tomorrow morning, When you wake up, when that coffee maker dings and the coffee's ready, before you check Instagram, before you check Facebook, before you check your bank balance, before you check that pile of bills, before you read the news, get up tomorrow morning and repeat to yourself these words that God will never leave me and God will never forsake me. Before you walk into the thing that is causing you fear, before you start dealing with the thing that is causing you worry, remind yourself, I'm not alone in this moment. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. You are not alone. And man, let that be the first truth that you let your mind and your heart focus upon. Before you start focusing upon all the things that are causing you worry and all the things that are causing you fear how was this knowledge of god's presence with joshua how how was that supposed to shape his perspective how is that supposed to impact his attitude right what was that supposed to cause him to feel right and the question is how does that make us feel well we see that right since god was with joshua and was never going to leave joshua how was joshua supposed to act In the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the unknowns, in the midst of what laid ahead, in the midst of the obstacle between him and what God had promised, what attitude was Joshua supposed to have as he pursued God's plans for his life and for the Jewish people's life? Well, God tells him in verse 6 and 7. He just finishes telling him in verse 5 that he will never leave him or forsake him. And then verse 6 and 7, he says these words, Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. And then later on in verse 9, he repeats this thing one more time. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Three times God says that. Man, in the Hebrew writing, when Hebrews are trying to like put something in bold or in sharper exclamation points, they would repeat it. When something's repeated three times, it's like you knucklehead, you better make sure you don't miss this. And what God didn't want Joshua to miss was this, Joshua, I'm with you. And so the attitude that you're to have, the perspective that you're to have is this, man, you be strong and you be courageous. And I think the order in which God tells Joshua those things are so important because the thing that God first tells Joshua about is that he's with him. That's the truth that God wants Joshua to cling to in order to have strength and courage. He doesn't just say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, get some strength, be courageous, right? And then it's not about Joshua trying to drum up this strength on his own or try to figure out how to be courageous or suck it up or grind it out from his own resources and own strength. Rather, what he's supposed to do is build upon the reality that God is with him and will never leave him, and then from that, have strength and have courage. Here's what we see, that remembering God's presence with us leads to strength and courage. Forgetting God's presence with us leads to weakness And fear. Remembering that God is with you leads to strength and courage. And in the moments when we forget that God is with us, and that leads to weakness and to fear. Here's the third truth about God God's presence gives us strength and courage. God's presence today can help realign your perspective. And as you will become aware that God is with you today, along with that reality can come strength and can come courage. Are you feeling courage today? Or are you feeling fear today? Are you feeling strength today? Or are you feeling, man, weary and weakness if you kind of raised your hand when I said, are you feeling fear? If you raised your hand when you, and I said, man, yeah, I'm feeling weary. If you're feeling afraid today, if you're feeling weary today and worn out, then, then here's what I do, and I encourage you this afternoon, right? Maybe right after this sermon stops, this afternoon, what I encourage you to do is to find some time alone with God. If the weather clears, go for a walk. Go in your car, right? I know like some parents, the only peace of mind they have these days is hanging out in their car with a minivan with the doors locked and the kids inside, right? Hopefully with another parent watching the kids inside. Man, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling weak, then I'd encourage you to get some time alone with God today. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and think about who he is Think about his love and think about his presence with you. God's presence is what gives us strength and courage. And do we just have to kind of look at the clouds to try to figure out what God is like, right? As we think about it and try to remind ourselves that God is with us, and as we try to understand, well, what type of God is it that is with me? Well, do we have a way to know that information, right? Do we have to guess at that stuff? Well, the amazing thing is that God has given us a way to know who he is. God has given us a way to remind ourselves of his presence with us. God has given a tool to you and to me today to help us think about him, to help us know him, and to help us remember him. And that's what he tells Joshua, and that's what he's telling us. He's part of what we've read, but verses 7, the last part of verse 7, and then moving into verse 8, God tells Joshua, man, this amazing tool, this amazing resource that Joshua has. And God says this to him, Only be strong and very courageous, For then your way will become prosperous and then you will have good success. Here's what God is saying. God's saying, man, when you're in circumstances that create fear, as in those moments you want to know more about me and my presence, as you want to know how to obediently walk into the plan that I have for your life, as you want to know what promises has God given to me, what God's saying is, man, I've given you an amazing resource. I've given you an amazing tool. I've given you this. And as you think about the God who's with you, as you think about the promises that God's made, what God's saying is, look, you don't don't have to be ignorant. You don't have to try to create all that for yourself. It's right here. And as you walk courageously and as you walk with strength and as you walk trying to know my presence, man, don't walk without grounding yourself in the word that I've revealed to you. The fourth truth about God is this, that God gives us a powerful resource, which is his word. God gives us a powerful resource, which is his word. If you were to come over to my house, and you can't because of social distancing, if you were to come over to my house and you were to walk through my door and my dog would attack you lovingly, right? My yellow lab would leave half of his fur on your pant legs. And if you were to walk down into my basement, my typical, eh, Quasi creepy New England basement, right? There, shining in a corner, you would see this pretty amazing air compressor that I picked up from, from Harbor Freight, right? I was at Harbor Freight to get some stuff, uh, the tool place, and they had glowing in the front this like cool, compact, manly looking air compressor. It's red. It has lots of dials. It has lots of attachments. It has hoses that comes out of it, right? It does lots of stuff. You know what? I got that thing like four years ago. I have never, ever, ever used it. I've never used it. I kind of started to try to use it, but it was like, it's a little confusing. So it's sitting there. Now, it looks great. Looks good. Right. Shiny. It looks pretty impressive that I have one sitting someplace in my house. I guess if I was to like pick that air compressor up and carry that to a construction site with me, people think like, ooh, he must be a pretty handy dude. He's got that cool tool. I ain't never used that thing. It doesn't do me any good, right? My Toyota 4Runner, which is an amazing car, for some reason the tires need to be filled up like every three weeks. I'm sure some of you have already texted me about what I need to do for my tires, so that's good. But you know what I have to do to fill up my tires? I have to go to the Dagum gas station to find an air pump to put a quarter in it to fill up my tires, and I have this tool that's sitting there at my house that could help me do it, but I don't use it. And I think in many ways, perhaps, man, that's what some of us are like with this. Man, maybe it looks really good, right? Like you got a cool little leather-bound cover. Maybe when you carry it around with you to church, people are like, oh, that dude's pretty spiritual. Look at that Bible. But maybe it's just sitting in your house somewhere, looking good, but it's a resource that you have that you're missing out on. It's a tool that you have that could be given to you for a moment just like this that that you're not using. And what God is saying is, man, part of having strength and part of having courage and part of understanding the God who is there with you is understanding the goodness and the greatness and the steadfastness and the character of that God. And in this book, God has given to me and given to you and given to us everything that we will ever need to know about God. And the question is, what are we doing with the tool that he's given us? Now, let me affirm a bunch of you, man, a bunch of people. you're, You're faithful students of God's word. You use this tool well. You use this tool regularly, and that's great. Something personally encouraging for me. Over some texts and emails the past week, uh, there's been at least two of you who have reached out to me who said, man, I want to understand the book better. I want to understand God better. Can you help me get some resources? Can you give me some devotionals? And that is great. So, man, I just encourage us today, wherever we find ourselves, as we try to think about what God's like, as we try to think about the plan, as we try to understand this God who is with us, man, let's not miss out on the truth And the hope and the encouragement and the amazing reality about our amazingly great God that is contained in this book. Is it hard to figure out? Yeah, it's kind of like my air compressor. Like I don't really know where to start. But guess what? That's why if you go on the website, the emails of the pastors and our staff are there. And if there's anything that any of us can do to try to help you as you navigate this book, email us. It may take a little longer, right? What great thing is, we're communicating a lot with a lot of you through email, so our response times are some are a little delayed, but man, give us, give us an email, give us a message, and uh, we'll help you navigate this book. This book of Joshua was given to people who 500 years ago. God had made promises too, and 500 years ago, God had told his plan to them. And throughout those 500 years, there were twists and turns and ups and downs, but God's promises never failed, and his plan never changed. And God was coming to them and said, look, I've got what I've promised you, my plan for you right over here. And you've got to get from where you are through this obstacle to there, and that's where we're going to walk through the next weeks together in the book about their story of getting from where God is to realize His plan for them, to to grasp onto His promises, having to go through these obstacles and these challenges. And we'll see from their story how that impacts our story. But more importantly, we'll learn about the God who was there with them every single moment of that journey. Where there's anxiety for them, yes. Where there are challenges for them, yes. But was God faithful to them? He was. Is there anxiety for some of us this morning? Probably. Are there challenges for some of you this morning? Yeah. But is God faithful to you this morning, in this moment? He is. So I'm excited to see what we can learn about him and learn about our stories as next Sunday we'll pick back up in chapter 2. But as we move to chapter two, let me just kind of end with this verse that we've already read, kind of as an encouragement and a reminder to all of us this morning. The words that God gave to Joshua and God gave to the Jews that I'll end our time with this morning says this: "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord." Your God is with you wherever you go father thank you for that truth thank you that this moment no matter what we're feeling no matter what we're worried about you're with us and I pray that through your Holy Spirit Father the words that you said a long time ago to people in the book of Joshua will be real and meaningful for some of the people who have heard it again this morning. Will you use your word this morning to remind us of your promises and your faithfulness and your presence? Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to give us courage. And so I pray for some people who have fear, for some people who the past weeks have not been defined by strength but by weariness, that you will meet us, that you'll strengthen us, that you will draw our hearts and minds to you and that we will worship you well and we will trust your plans as we obey what you're calling us to do and honor you in this moment. Thank you, Father. Bless us and keep us until we come back together again next week and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.